Welcome to the Freedom Challenge Online with host and director of the Freedom Challenge, Tracy Doherty. Our mission is to do good by helping enslaved women and children, to do more than you ever thought physically possible, and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. Hey, Freedom Sisters. Today, I want to talk to you about the cultural hot-button social justice. Just about everywhere we turn, we can see our culture's response to injustices. If you live on planet Earth in 2020, you recognize injustice everywhere, every day. We experience it in our own lives, in our broader communities, and daily on the airwaves. Just hear the tweets, the postings, and the repostings on socials. Today, I am inviting my friend and Freedom Challenge colleague, Miranda Sprague, to be a part of a four-part series and conversation that will help us focus a scriptural lens as we look at biblical justice and why we think it's so important to be the fuel behind our why. So welcome, Miranda. I'm so glad that you're here with us. You were here just on our pilot episode talking about what Freedom Challenge is all about. And by way of reminder, Miranda is a mother of two adorable children, and she is also our Freedom Challenge coordinator. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited, especially about just this series and topic. I'm so passionate about the Word of God and how we see God's heart for justice and mercy throughout scripture and how that just reflects and should commission us on how we live out our life here today. Yes, I'm so thankful to have you here breaking down this why in the Bible, really just looking at social justice, biblical justice side by side and being a part of these next couple of conversations. Mm -hmm. So let's just start with this question. What is justice? What is God's heart for justice? I think that's such a great question because, you know, there's so many definitions out there. And I think the best place for us to really find out what biblical justice is, is to look in the Bible. And I think of the prophet Micah in 6, 8, how he says, what does the Lord require of me? He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So from this, we know that God requires justice and for his people to do justly. Yeah, and it really is the part of, in Freedom Challenge, do good, um, right. do more, do it together. This is is driven from that, the mm-hmm. do good, the do justice. But again, you know, what is justice in Bible terms? What does it even mean to do justice? Because here's the thing. You know, most people would be able to come to agreement that selling a human being, abusing a child, stealing from a widow, cruelty to the disabled, you know, most people in the world would just agree this is wrong. You know, using violence or fraud or coercion to force the vulnerable into labor or sexual exploitation is just evil. Mm-hmm. It just is. You know, within, within us, uh, we humans, we carry this innate sense of right and wrong. There's this part in us that just really want oppressors to be punished, and we want to protect the weak. Mm -hmm. And it's important to understand that this we want justice really comes from this natural bent that's been imparted to us by our creator. You know, sometimes 
our culture is trying to attribute social justice to people like Martin Luther King or mm. Angelina Jolie or Bono <laughs> with, you know, his red movement. But really, the intellectual property and the creator of these ideas of justice is mm. God himself in the narrative of scripture. You know, he is kind and loving and merciful, but Miranda, he's also righteous and he's holy and he's just. Yeah. It's and his I, it's his character. And I can't help but think of some of these key scriptures about God's justice. You know, one of them being Psalm eighty nine fourteen. I love this. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mm. Mercy and truth go before your face. So we can't separate these two. We can't right. say he is mercy and truth. He's also his foundation, the foundation yeah. of who he is. Well, is, throne, you think rulership. Yes. How he rules is through righteousness and justice. It is how he rules. That's good. Amos 5.24 says, but let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. So it's like mm. this picture of justice is both refreshing because, you know, you think about a stream. Mm. It refreshes. It makes things right. It makes things right. renewed. But then it also says it's like a mighty stream. So it's mm. powerful and it and it forges and it changes things. Yeah. And that is a picture of the character of God. My husband and I and my youngest son, Hudson, who's 14, we were just out in Atlanta um, on a work trip, and we got the opportunity to bring Hudson with us. And one of the things that we got to go to is the Human Rights Museum mm. in Atlanta, Georgia. Have yeah, you been yeah. there? Yeah, we went on a trip when we That's last right. went out for an amazing museum. Anyone mm. listening, if you ever have the opportunity to go to that, please do yourself a right. favor. Right in the heart of Atlanta. Right in the heart of Atlanta. And I remember as you come in and there's this whole narrative of Martin Luther King's life and um, the um, civil rights movement. And the first thing you see is this scripture, Amos 524. Mm. And sometimes we think, oh, that's a quote from Martin Luther. Nope. He was <laughs> quoting this from the God of the Bible, from scripture. Mm. And he was calling for justice to refresh but yet be a powerful force of change. Mm. And at that time, it was the discrimination against color and background and race mm -hmm. and really, you know, the story, you know, what happened through his life and right. his efforts of so many people. Justice is a part of God's character, which means that he is always just. Always. Always. He cannot be unjust. He defines the standards for justice. And in a world that's increasing in relativism, mm -hmm. this is really important. It's so important. I mean, all of us can agree, like you said, at these common injustices you named. But the spirit of relativism has seeped into our world. And many things that were once called wrong are now called right. And what were right are now called wrong. Many people think they can have their own views on what is right and wrong. Even within the church and tolerance, that word tolerance has become a coined phrase, ultimately saying we should let people be their own moral compasses. But in this, we get very muddied and confused. It's true. Right? And I believe the true judge, God, is the one who is to remain the decider on justice and what is good and what is evil. 
And the true judge mandates his followers to be just. We can observe this in the life of Jesus through the Gospels. Jesus mandated his followers and called him to do righteousness and justice. We are called to take action to expose evil, to care for the vulnerable, and stand up for the oppressed. This mandate rooted in the Old and New Covenant of Scriptures is not a new idea. Nope. It is not a cultural fad or something currently trending. But let's take a moment to really talk about this right now. What really is justice and what really is righteousness? Not by the world's standard, because like we said, relativism, we can get muddied. It's unclear, but by God's standard. Yeah, that's such a good question. And before I answer those questions, I'd like to circle back to the word tolerance and how that word has really changed. Oh, yeah. Really, the word tolerance means that I can respectfully engage in disagreement with you Mm. and not reject you or treat you less than because our opinions are different. Right. That is a world of difference Mm. from the way that we're talking about tolerance now. It's Mm -hmm. such a powerful world. And we as Christians really should be about respectfully disagreeing with people in our culture without removing value from their personhood. Or compromising our own beliefs of right and wrong. Or compromising our own beliefs. So good. Freedom Challenge Online is brought to you by the Freedom Challenge, a ministry of Operation Mobilization USA. Operation Mobilization is an international, faith-based organization uniting people to demonstrate Jesus' love and compassion to those who have little or no access to the gospel. The Freedom Challenge, as a ministry of Operation Mobilization, is a movement of passionate women dedicated to bringing freedom to oppressed women and children. We raise funds and awareness as we participate in physical challenges that test our own limits. The funds we raise then go to support Operation Mobilization's international projects that focus on freeing women and children worldwide. To learn more about Operation Mobilization USA, go to omusa.org. So, back to the questions about this word righteousness. I mean, what do you think commonly is thought of when when we talk about this word righteousness? This person is righteous. You just think they're doing what's good, what's right. The word's right in there. You think they're a good person. So, typically people do. They think like, oh, that's a righteous person. That's a moral person. Moral, yeah, morality. But there's really some deeper and richer biblical meaning in this Hebrew word. It refers to the ethical standard of right relationships between people. Hmm. So basically how we treat each other. You know, we're made in the image of God, and some would call that the Imago Dei, that beautiful painting where Mm. you see the finger of God touching man made in his own image. Because of that, we really do deserve value and dignity just because of that. Hmm. We mirror him, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And how we treat our fellow humans is how God measures and sees righteousness. Hmm. You think about Jesus, he became our righteousness. Hmm. But that is for another day. (laughs) That's breaking down the gospel right there. It Hmm. is. Jesus became our righteousness. Mm -hmm. And then we move into what is this word justice? And the word is mishpat. And it's used 200 times in the Old Testament. Wow. It often refers to retributive 
justice. So something like I steal this Mm -hmm. and I pay the consequences. Mm -hmm. I, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But most often we actually see this word used as restorative justice. Hmm. So it's the actual responsibility and the intentional act of seeking out vulnerable people Hmm. who are being taken advantage of and helping them. So taking active steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing the structures of society that prevent and cause these injustices. Mm. You know, that could be in anything from a country, which often Freedom Challenge is very focused on those Mm -hmm. international places, in law, in policies, in education, in families and communities, and ultimately the church. Mm -hmm. The church itself holds the highest responsibility for this kind of justice, this kind of restorative justice that Scripture talks about. To do justly. He did. Mm So do justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with this understanding, which I think is so fascinating that, like you said, sometimes justice is this legalistic system of, you know, you did this, so this is your consequences. But most of the time, it's actually God's heart for us to seek out injustice, those who are vulnerable, and help them and walk around them and restore them to the dignity and honor that they deserve. So with this understanding, then I think the best definition we could give to what biblical justice is and what God's heart is, is the core belief that all humans are made in the image of God and reflect his likeness. So we need to treat them as such. We have a strong family resemblance to our creator and are valuable and deserving of dignity and freedom. So aligning to biblical justice also means that we follow the God of the Bible to make right what is wrong, and we look to Scripture to find what is right. So good. And so if this is justice, then injustice is treating a person as though they do not deserve that dignity and freedom, that they are not made in the likeness of God or being treated as they are. This can practically look like the exploitation of the vulnerable, right? Because of their age. I mean, we think of the unborn, the young, the old, of religious beliefs, of geography, where they're from, of education, socioeconomics, disabilities, or illnesses. And we exploit these people for our own advantage and convenience, not giving them the honor they deserve. Woo! Woo! The Bible calls this behavior wicked. And again, I Mm. think most of us innately would say it's wicked and wrong. Yeah. The exploitation, not giving someone their dignity. Mm -hmm. The exploitation of the vulnerable. Mm. The original word is rasha, guilty or wrong. It always refers to someone who is mistreating another human being and ignoring their dignity. As image bearers. Mm. I'll read something here that just correlates with this. It's, this is what the Lord said to me. Go over and speak directly to the king of Judah. Say to him, listen to this message from the Lord. You, king of Judah, sitting on David's throne. Mm. Let your attendants and your people listen too. This is what the Lord says. Be fair-minded and just. Do what is right. Help those who have been robbed Rescue them from their oppressors, quit your evil deeds, and do not mistreat the foreigners, the orphans, and the widow. Stop murdering the innocent. This is Jeremiah 22, 3. 
it's basically speaking to a king, a man with mm. responsibility to govern. Right. And I'll go back to, you know, we as the church have a responsibility to govern. Mm. And it is a responsibility of the church to use our influence to do the things that were just mentioned in this scripture. Right. And so Jeremiah, I mean, he's a prophet, right? And prophet means speaking the word of God. So yes. this thing that he's saying here is exactly God's heart for rulers and for the justice system to work within. And what's interesting about that is I really believe we all are rulers. God has appointed Mm -hmm. and given every single human being an inheritance Mm. and a plot of land on this planet Mm. that they are to tend and rule. So Mm. we can't just pull this out and say, well, that was Jeremiah to a king. It's for the politicians. No, (laughs) this is for the places that we have rulership, government. And Mm. as believers, we're actually supposed to rule and subdue the earth and bring influence and cause flourishing. Mm. Which part of that responsibility as a believer is to look after the rights of those who are being crushed. Again, we'll move on to Psalm 146, 6 through 9. Just looking straight at scripture. He made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoner. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighted down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigner among us. Mm. He cares for the orphans and the widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. Mm. The Lord will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, throughout the generations. Again, this is just showing us the character of Mm -hmm. God of justice and righteousness, his priority and the priority he is giving to us, his followers and his people. Mm. And we can really see that righteousness and biblical justice are big priority to God. I mean, through the prophet Jeremiah, he was rebuking the rulers who are ahead of the governing systems to really make this a priority. And this is not retribution justice. This is restorative justice, right? It's going and seeking those, the oppressed, the women, and taking care of them. And in this, we can see God's love for humanity. He Mm. values his creation so much and wants to protect them and their dignity. This is why he even created his justice system. I mean, so many people look at the Old Testament laws and, I mean, books and books and the law of Leviticus, and you just see law after law, and you think God's strict and even cruel. But if you really study his laws, you see his heart. And what he wants is to be regarded as holy, but he also wants his creation and his people to be regarded as holy, deserving respect. And if people mistreat God or a fellow person, then there's consequences. Yeah. Yep. You know, even more so, we can see God's love in Jesus Mm. because God is just. He required that all of us adhere to his justice system and the consequences that would follow when disrespecting his image and his image bearers is death. Yeah. Wages of sin are death, right? Yes. But God in his mercy, still working within his justice system and integrity, gave not only the Old Testament way of covering man through the blood of animals, but then ultimately he gave his son, Jesus, Mm. his blood to ransom us from the consequences that were so rightly deserved. I mean, Jesus became our righteousness. Mm. I love the idea that when the father looks at us, he actually sees the son. 
and he sees the work of the sun. And I love that through the gospel and in all of that, God was still integrous. He was still just, but he made a way right through Jesus. And I think that shows that he is still just, but he is merciful. And this gospel message is just, again, it shows the character of God's justice and mercy. And we as followers then are to go and do justly and love mercy in the world that we are in until he is able to bring complete justice when he returns. And so what does the Lord require of us to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly? Yes, I love how mercy and truth kiss, justice Mm -hmm. and righteousness together Mm -hmm. through Jesus He is the one that takes care of the sin problem in our life. The righteous became a covering for our unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. Sin is taken care of through Jesus. It's so beautiful. It's so restorative. Restorative justice. He is restoring us back to Mm -hmm. the Father Mm -hmm. because of his life, death, and resurrection. That's great. So... What a great call we have as justices of God's peace. Mm -hmm. We actually have a call to be justices of God's peace in this world. Mm -hmm. And in the next episode of this four-part series, we will dive a little deeper into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and how that differs from this movement of social justice. So stay tuned for more. I'm excited. I think that'll be so great. I mean, we talked about biblical justice, what it is at its roots through the Bible. It's God's character. It's his heart for his people. It's his heart for us to do that. But what does that actually look like practically today for me to do justly? And social justice being such a common thing, is it engaging in these social justice causes and in what way? And I think that'll just be such a great thing to discuss on this next episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you next time on the Freedom Challenge podcast. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online. For more information about what we do and how you can partner with us, please check out our website thefreedomchallenge.com and you can follow us on Instagram at the FCUSA.